This is Unleashing Leadership, and I'm your host, Travis Moss, and you are listening to a special team interview with some amazing women, Emmy and May. We are going to be diving into their actual real-life experience with some of the lessons learned from Surrounded by Idiots, how they've applied them, what they've learned. There are 13 episodes in all. I know, 13's a lot, right? 13 entire days of listening to takeaways on Surrounded by Idiots. But there were 13 unique and complete thoughts about what you can do to use this information in your life to better your client experience, to better your employee experience, to better your business experience, to better your own experience. We didn't want to waste any of them. So there's 13 straight from the heart, life-changing takeaways with lots of laughs and even some tears. Emmy and May are some of my team members at Seed Planning Group. And you can get a face with a name and more information about them from seedpg.com. That's S-E-E-D-P-G.com. And I want to encourage you to go there and look them up. Because if they say something special or something that touches your life or leaves an impression to you, where you have a question about some of the things that they've mentioned, because again, they're living this. They deserve to know how special they are. Let them know. Um, all right, so now we're to the last questions. You walk into a new business. You're never going to leave us, but pretend you were, <laughs> you were going someplace else to work and you walk in and the boss says, what's one thing that we could do that you would do that you guys used to do? You'd say, we're going to use surrounded by idiots. What would be, what would you tell them about, you know, being prepared to implement some of the lessons learned from surrounded by idiots? I think I would probably start with not letting it define you completely. Mm. And not using the colors as an excuse, but as you know, for bad, not using it as an excuse for bad behavior, but using it to grow and, you know, strengthen your, your characteristics and traits to be in a way that is going to be the best way to communicate. Um, And honestly, most importantly, read it more than once because you're going to learn something from it different every time you read it. And it is going to offer more growth and improvement in how you communicate and how you tame your little monster within. I think I've read this now three times. And every single time I read it, I take something different or I notice, hey, you know what? I still really haven't gotten this part of me under control and I need to work on this some more. Or you know what? Last week dealing with this blue, I really triggered him because of this or that and I need to be more careful of it. So that would probably be the biggest things that that I that I would say don't let it define you completely don't use it as an excuse or a crutch for bad behavior make sure you're willing to look inward and grow and read it more than once is there something that um, they could do to prepare for this like we talked about crucial conversations being a good thing to read after it I think mm-hmm. um, but is there is there a framework where if because we talked about being prepared, right? And intentionality. Yep. So if you just read a book and you, I'm done, I'm reading the book, you know what I mean? And everybody goes out, that was fun. And then they go out and do their thing. That's one thing. But 
is there something that people could do to be prepared so that when they do read the book, the lessons are hopefully going to resonate and take root? I think owning it yourself when you ask someone to read something, owning how it helped you, owning how you used it to do better or grow or improve. You know, when I brought crucial conversations to my team, I I told them, these are the things that I used to struggle with. This is how this book helped me. I wanted to read it. I want to read it again with you guys so that we can, as a team, implement some of this stuff and grow together and improve together and, you know, strengthen our relationships and our conversations. And I think when you are willing to do the work you're asking others to do, it makes a huge, huge difference. And I got to say that there's a huge amount of humility mm-hmm. in you taking that book to your team and saying, team, I want you to read this so you can get better. Because on the surface, it sounds like you're asking the team to get better. You're saying, hey, May, I need you to get better at communication. Here's a book we're going to read together. And what some people will say is, I've read the book. I'm the expert in the book. What you were doing there, I believe, is you were saying, I'm also working on this myself. And if you read this book and you understand this book, you can also help me get better. Yep. And I mean, that is like um, transcending leadership, right? I mean, like that that's a type of leadership that most people, the, the right balance between confidence, you know, and, 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 um, uh, mentorship that's happening there, right? Because you have enough confidence to say that I'm a strong enough person to learn this and to open myself up to vulnerability. And I'm going to teach you how to do that too, by being your example, um, is a very, very special trait and quality. Um, that's a skill. However, you've learned that whatever happened, along the way. So whether that's something that you developed over the last three years or something that you came in the door with, that is what we're talking about when we talk about skills. That is not something that comes innate to people. You have to learn how to do that. So, and probably you learn how to do that by screwing up a whole bunch. Um, that's <laughs> yep. how, that's, I, that's how we learn, right? Like you either get a really good mentor, but they're hard to find, or you just screw up a bunch or you have both. I was lucky enough to have both. And I definitely, I've grown more in the last three years with you and with Dave and others on this team who have helped me to be okay with being vulnerable, to help me being okay to look in the mirror and say, okay, here's the things that I really need to do better if if I want to be successful in relationships, in life, in work, in, in every way. And that's something really special that we do here at Seed. We fight for each other to do better. We mm. give that safe space for each other to be okay with saying, hey, I need to work on this, or you need to work on this, or we need to work on this. There's a lot of we here. And in all of the things that I have learned and the ways I have grown and improved, I've never been alone. And I think that that is something that. I have really taken, you know, to heart here and tried to pass on in my leadership 
with my team or, you know, even with those not directly on my team, but just having that support, offering that safe space and emulating what you and Dave have provided to me because you guys gave me a chance. You, you, I remember some of the conversations that we have had to this day and, you know, some of them I ended in tears, but you made that okay. You made it okay for me to, to accept the the hard truths of how I was perceived or the the areas in which that that I needed to get better if I wanted the communication and the relationships to to grow and to be strong and to build what we have. I think um, I think one of the important things I want to say here too is that we didn't pre-discuss any of this. So what you're saying right now is just coming from the heart mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, it was unprompted in any way other than the fact that we were going to get together and talk about the book. And I gave you some very basic outline stuff. Um, and I think that that's one of the other things that's very interesting there. Um, and it just speaks to you too, because a lot of times, and we have a, we have a number of reds that we work with and I, and I think this is going to resonate with them too. Um, red tends to be a tough personality, mm-hmm. Right. Like if you need somebody to start a fight, you pick a red, (laughs) right? Um, And but reds do cry. Mm -hmm. Reds do hurt. Reds do have feelings. Reds do really care about everybody. Yes. Um, It just doesn't always come out the right way, and uh, and I think that that's each one of these people, these colors of people, right? Each one of these personality profiles, um, the, at the, at the heart of it's still a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we forget sometimes that as people too, we're all just, we're, you know, we're carrying, we have emotions and we have feelings and we have dreams and we have failures um, and it doesn't matter what color you are, you know, you're still feeling it, you know, blues, a lot, a lot of the blues I know are not very emotional at all. It doesn't mean they don't feel it though. Right. It just means they don't show it. Right. Um, so anyway, I just, I, I think that that's, thank you very much. 